know, I consider my journey at TechBridge to be really intentional work. Poverty is at the heart of almost every issue facing students and schools in Atlanta. And, and TechBridge is able to take a, a systems approach to really address education inequality and workforce development in the metro Atlanta area. You know, I, I, I think the, the work we're doing at TechBridge across our four pillars of homeless support, food insecurity, social justice, and workforce development are critical because they address all those basic needs by getting technology into the hands of nonprofits who provide the services and allow us to impact more families faster. Today on TechBridge Talks, we're talking to Julie Nooner. Julie is the Chief Program Officer at TechBridge and has been with the organization for two years. She wears many hats at TechBridge, but some of her main responsibilities include overseeing the coordination, integration, and delivery of all programs, contracts, and related services. Julie also leads the grants team by soliciting and supporting proposal writing for private philanthropic funding and federal and state grants. Today on the show, we're going to be talking with Julie about her background as an educational technology consultant, how she got to TechBridge, and a newly released white paper from TechBridge titled Empowering Opportunity Youth Through Technology Training. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Adam. It's so great to be here. I, I've been a real fan of the show as I've been watching and listening to the other leaders that you've invited. So it's an honor to be here. Well, I've been looking forward to talking with you. I love the work that you do at TechBridge. I think programs are so important and such a such a vital component to ending generational poverty. And so, uh, but to start off, uh, let's not, we'll get there, but to start off, tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to beginning your work at TechBridge. Yeah, well, Adam, you know, I consider my journey at TechBridge to be really intentional work in what I consider my purpose-driven life and, and how I serve. You know, from a very early age, serving others with love and kindness, that was really modeled and instilled in me by both parents and teachers. And and, and I started young. I, I jumped into my adult life at a really young age. I was married at 19 and, and really focused on starting a family. And it, it's interesting because, you know, very quickly, my husband and I found ourselves really living paycheck to paycheck with four young kids and, and neither one of us having a college degree. So, uh, you know, I had to, had to really grow up as I was living my adult life and, and, uh, and becoming a parent very young. And, and fortunately, I had the opportunity to get involved in community program building and volunteering on a small scale. And that's where I found my passion and purpose for work in education, which is which is what I really consider my calling. <laughs> so as a wife and young mom, I, I spent a lot of years doing it the hard way, working through six years of college um, while raising a family. But but I knew when I found my calling and my purpose that I could shape a purposeful career in education. And so that's what I did. I'm, I'm really proud to be a first-generation college grad. I earned degrees in elementary and workforce development and training and then completed graduate work in curriculum and instruction. And, and really, Adam, all of my education, life, and work experience is what paved my way to TechBridge. 
And uh, it's interesting because I think we all get to different places in our careers where we maybe stop and pause and, and, and even life. And I was at a, a crossroads in my very intense consulting career, and I had to make a personal choice to support a family member who needed help. And it kind of took me back to those roots of like the calling to serve. And I had to make a choice and and ultimately it required me to step down from that intensive leadership role so I could kind of prioritize and put family first. And, and, and uh, you know, it was tough, but it, it turned out okay because I knew that I wanted to redirect and focus my leadership journey in a direction where I could find more fulfillment. Mm, What's that. interesting, Adam, is that I had no idea when I, I made the choice to step down that the tech bridge door would open. And I think that often happens in life. Um, and as I said earlier, tech bridge really is a purposeful part of my journey. And, and I consider it a, more of a calling mm. to take all of my experience thus far to now be able to grow and scale programs to maximize impact on a national level. It's just so rewarding to me to understand that uh, I can take what drives me, which is really the empower uh, the empowerment that I can bring to others to become their best selves. And, mm. and I believe that education is key and it's, it's what causes me to get up every day to do the, the hard work we do at TechBridge toward our mission of alleviating generational poverty. Mm. And I'm just honored, honored to serve with such a dedicated uh, team of people. I mean, I love that, you know, education is key, right? That strikes me as a very important thing for the head of programs to to be about, right? <laughs> so so that's that's really good. Um, and I love that background and, and just the priorities that you put around that are so so encouraging. Um, so so prior to TechBridge, I know you worked as a traveling ed tech consultant. Can you tell us more about how this previous experience impacted the work that you're doing with TechBridge today? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. My previous experience directly impacted the work I'm doing today. And, and it's really because, you know, my understanding of the vast problems of poverty that we have across our country were shaped by that decade, a little over a decade of my work. You know, you, you know what you experience in the world you live in, in the community you live in. And I saw it firsthand, but I didn't see it I think in the in the scale and magnitude of what I saw after being able to travel and lead teams nationally and really see firsthand those effects of poverty, um, you know, I was just often troubled when work would wrap up because I knew that the very basic needs in some of the communities that we were working, you know, such as food, shelter, safety, just weren't being met, and and sadly this wasn't just present for the children we served. That was, you know, K-12 ed tech work that I was doing, but I saw it for their parents and sometimes teachers. And I really saw that generational poverty issue that that we worked toward, you know, figuring out at TechBridge. And without the basics in place, it makes it very difficult to reach one's full potential or, or self-actualization because the barriers impact the ability to grow and learn. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think the, the work we're doing at TechBridge across our four pillars of homeless support, food insecurity, social justice, and workforce development are critical because they address all those basic needs mm. by getting technology 
into the hands of nonprofits who provide the services and allow us to impact more families faster. Mm. And, you know, Adam, we've talked about this before when that technology is in place, then we have the ability to collect and analyze the data. And with data, that's where we begin to see those predictable pathways out of poverty. So, so in our workforce development pillar, where I focus, you know, and our team focuses our efforts, we provide direct services through our adult technology career program, but also our youth programs, where we ensure that we are intentionally partnering with other community-based organizations to provide all of those wraparound services so that we can begin to reduce barriers that get in the way of learning. And, and our training models empower others to rapidly learn the skills and earn those credentials to enter the technology workforce. Mm. We know it wouldn't be successful if we didn't reduce the barriers. Mm. That's right, that's right. Wow, that's great. So. So I know one of the goals of, uh, of this conversation is to talk a little bit about this youth technology training white paper. So I, I want to—I would love for you to tell me about the development of the white paper. Uh, where did you see the need for this type of study and how did this grow from inspiration into reality? Yeah, Adam, it is so exciting. Like to be where we are with the research and to be launching a pilot youth apprenticeship program in such a short time is, is just phenomenal work. And we, we started talking about a youth apprenticeship program. You know, I had the honor to work side by side with Mayor Dickens as uh, we were transitioning work here. And we talked a lot about who we were serving in our adult technology career program and Uh, it became really apparent to us that we had some gaps, you know, with that opportunity youth, 18 to 24-year-old, 16 to 24-year-olds, really. Our our adult program requires you to have a GED or um, high school diploma, but we were bridging into work at um, the Promise Center, and we wanted to really think more about how could we close that gap and really provide awareness and opportunity. So we started talking about apprenticeship And then we were fortunate that through connections, of course, that um, Andre brought from the Arthur Blank Family Foundation, they wanted to fund work for us in this area. And so we received a grant and we were able to engage in a study conducted by the Georgia Tech Research Institute that involved many of our community partners, our students, our staff. And the work is centered around solving that gap that we have in our country for the currently 4.6 million, I'll say it again, 4.6 million opportunity youth Mm. who we define as um, young people between the ages of 16 and 24 that are not enrolled in school are working. Mm. And in the United States, that's about one in nine members of this age group. Wow. So, So that's a huge problem in itself, but here we have this really great technology career program that is putting people to work. And now we can start to think about how we start earlier and start to close that gap Mm. by bridging the understanding of alternate post-secondary programs Mm. that provide opportunity. And so the, the research and the white paper is really Uh, the foundation that is starting this work for us Mm. because there's just not good awareness there. Um, Traditionally, our high schools 
bring in college recruiters and military recruiters, and, and there are great career exploration programs through CTE and work-based learning programs, but they're just huge gaps mm. for young adults yeah. in connecting technology to careers. Right. And, and, and in particular, uh, many careers in tech don't require a college degree. That's so true. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> or a college every... degree doesn't even apply to them in any way at all. Exactly. Yeah. And and not everybody has plans to go on to college. Yeah. And so, so a goal in the research and in our program is to bring awareness to the many technology careers that don't require that college degree. And so the research studies the TechBridge framework for success in empowering youth. And, and part of that framework for success is ensuring those four essential elements exist in the model. And these are the same elements that exist in all of our programs. And those four essential elements include wraparound and support services, technical training, soft skills, and corporate readiness, right? Which is important to our employing partners. And then coaching and mentoring, which is essential to, to support them and, and coach them on both during and post program. Mm. I love how all encompassing that is, right? It's not just the technical skills, but it's all of the other skills and all the wraparound services that are so critical to make sure that people are successful. And I, I feel like a lot of times we forget that when we have these discussions is that there's a, there's a whole, there's a whole world of skill that needs to be in, involved in this conversation. So, so related, I think to the paper, so paint, give us the picture, give it, paint us the picture of like, what's the status of education for youth in Atlanta today? Yeah, I mean, we looked hard at that in this research. We looked at it on a national level, but we really focused in on where we're working right now and where we're serving. And, and we know that poverty is at the heart of almost every issue facing students and schools in Atlanta. And, and TechBridge is able to take a, a systems approach to really address education inequality and workforce development in the metro Atlanta area. And we've been doing that already in our adult program and so now we're taking a closer look at, at what does that opportunity youth look like in the metro area? And what we found is that 20% of youth under age 18 in the Atlanta metro area live in poverty. 11% of youth age 16 to 24 are either not working or enrolled in school. 11%. Wow. And, and in 2020, 14% of youth age 16 to 24 were unemployed. Mm. So that's one out of every 10 Atlanta area youth that fall in that category of opportunity youth. So, you know, and I, and I think it's important to know when you talk about stats like that, you know, not, not all students might need immediate employable skills and certifications, right? It would be, it would be unrealistic to think that that we could change the world overnight, but but I think it's important to also talk about when we're thinking of serving opportunity youth, they don't have time to spare, mm. right? Yeah. Learning um, streamlined for industry roles improves the odds of a successful transition from education before we lose them and they fall through the gap to employment. Mm. And that's how we directly begin to close the gap. So. So the research unpacks for us the current state, but it also unpacks for us the type of programs that we deliver at TechBridge and, and others that deliver these type of programs, really. It brings in all kinds of programs so that we can uh, start to look at opportunity youth 
who um, are engaged in education and employment, not only to improve their current situation, but the long-term trends, um, if we get involved and start earlier of what the future livelihood will look like. Mm. Wow. So so our programs are, are intentionally designed to really meet our youth where they are. And, and we know that uh, for some, college is a great pathway, right? And, mm. and, and it works. But in lieu of really long extended training programs and, and education that doesn't often yield meaningful employment, Programs like apprenticeship and the technology career program are really good solutions for time effective training and job placement services that that we know can create considerable impact Mm. for youth, opportunity youth who are already economically fragile. Mm. So I think you you may have partially answered this, but I want to ask anyway, because I want to see if you want to dive any deeper into it. So um, to your point, right there, like there are there are more direct pathways that we can help youth take um, to get into to sort of great spaces and places and learning. Um, so what are some of those specific pathways and programs that TechBridge is creating to bridge that gap and empower youth? Yeah, I, I'd love to share that, Adam, because we, I think sometimes everybody knows the technology career program, right? Because it's so phenomenal. And it's, it's our program that Mayor Dickens was able to bring into the community with our prior CEO and support from the board. And it's done phenomenally in putting people to work and solving some of the problems. But what we don't often talk about is how we're starting earlier and working as early as middle school with our programs. And and we do this because we know early intervention and targeted instruction focused again on cultural job readiness, social skills, and that thoughtful IT instruction over time is really key in changing the norm and building understanding of those alternate pathways for those who are held back by systemic barriers and poverty. And so as we begin our work in our our newest program, our youth pre-apprenticeship program, that has the power to really disrupt the status quo in our high schools, and, and even some of our other after-school programs where there's good you know, uh, linear attendance so that we can build out a program like this and, and reach students with really intentional technical career pathways so they understand the options before it's too late. And so the programs that we're building are leveraging all the best practices that we know and, and are tried and true from our adult technology career program so that we can bring those into our IT youth pre-apprenticeship. And we're piloting right now in that in that program and testing it for our proof of concept with about 30 high school students. And, and our goal of this program is gonna be equipping opportunity youth with critical and up-to-date skills that on-ramp them right into apprenticeships through partnerships we already have with other companies like Accenture and, and others that have programs for 18 and up, but we are gonna bridge that pathway through this pre-apprenticeship work so that students can go right into programs like apprenticeship, or they could choose to go on to college. They don't have to make a choice as a high schooler. We know they don't often make good choices at high school, but if we start to help them understand, it doesn't just have to look like college or the military or now what? There are these great other options that you could do um, that could even lead right into to job placement. And 
And whatever pathway they choose, we just want our youth to know that they have options, right? Um, so, so we are focused on that pre-apprenticeship program and then what we do at the middle school level in order to bridge that from middle school to high school is we're now being really intentional in our after-school programming and, and we're currently working through funding with the Atlanta Police Foundation and the, uh, the Goizeta Family Foundation now in three Atlanta area at Promise Centers. Mm. And so in that work, what we're able to do is really focus the hours of youth development, again, intentionally around technology and STEAM instruction, but also to start to build those understandings of, hey, you know, I could, I could, this could be a career. I could, I didn't even know mm-hmm. this could be a career. This, this phone in my hand, you mm-hmm. know, or this technology that, that I live and breathe, we're starting to really help be purposeful in in driving that message so that tech bridge as the bridge in workforce development pillar starts earlier in in helping pave the way so students begin to make connections and and well just have more options adam it's all about more options and opportunity to put people to work that's it that's it it's all about creating opportunities and options i love i love how you put that um all right so then i guess last question before we wrap up here um where where how do you see the program evolving and growing over the next five years and you know what are some of your stretch goals for the program oh boy you know (laughs) it when you're when you're doing the work day to day we we get can get caught up in just all the work that goes into creating new programs and also serving those we serve because first and foremost, you know, that's what we have to make sure we do well, but we are looking ahead to the future and and we are looking ahead to kind of the next five years where we'd like to be. And and in particular around this pre-apprenticeship program where we would like to expand is after testing our proof of concept and really making sure all the key elements of success are there. Like we talked about that framework, right? Um, that we could bring this to other schools and nonprofits to help lock arms with others who are like-minded that want to prepare opportunity youth to enter into technology and technology-related careers. And so we see this um, opportunity to, to bring our pre-apprenticeship program that serves high school youth. But then I think we also have an opportunity right here at TechBridge. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while in how the work we do is very apprenticeship-like, mm. right? We, we've been hiring yeah. our TCP graduates into internships and contract roles and full-time roles. But as, as I continue to work with Manish and Karen and, and we look at our work growing across all four of our pillars, I think we have opportunity to really think about how we can do more to provide apprenticeship opportunities right within the walls of TechBridge and, and really begin to develop entry-level talent mm. and and grow this model to be a, more of an uh, earn-while-you-learn model. So I see that as, as a five-year goal, you know, when we get down the road. And, and really, when I think of stretchier goals, um, where this really starts to become huge, Adam, in our mission, our big mission of alleviating generational poverty is when we create our pre-apprenticeship and or apprenticeship programs with standardization 
that that have goals that align with the Department of Labor, who has such a big push now in our, our current administration and even the prior administration around apprenticeship models in our country, then our work uh, can be registered and start to become blueprints for other organizations and employer partners that want to replicate the work. Mm. And, and that's really important to scale because it would be, you know, foolish to think that that one nonprofit like TechBridge can do it alone. I mean, we mm. we need to be able to take the work that we're doing and, and share it. And that's yeah. what um, that that's how you are able to really collectively start to alleviate generational poverty. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's the goal is uh, eliminating generational poverty. And, uh, and hopefully partnering it with and, and creating the, the foundation um, for a lot of organizations to partner in doing that. So, uh, Julie, I mean, such great work. You know, I've, I've, I've known TechBridge for years and years. I was at TechBridge for a long time. Um, I've been a big fan of TechBridge forever, it feels like. And, and I feel like this conversation continues to illuminate uh, just the, the really deep thinking and thoughtful approach that TechBridge is taking to solving these problems. Um, it really helped me grow in a lot of my understanding as well. So I really appreciate you joining us on the show today. Thank you so much, Adam. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And, and I'll just give you one final thought because I think it's so important just to kind of full circle of this conversation. When we can start to connect disconnected youth who come disproportionately from low-income communities of color, communities that we know are, are nearly almost always hit hardest and, and are the slowest to recover from disasters like the pandemic or disasters of any kind, really. Uh, I think we have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to really invest in, in people and places that need the most, but almost always get the least. And, and if we're going to scale nationally, and we are, <laughs> you know, it's going to take many, many followers replicating the work. And, and so this research is the, the first of what I consider to be many. You know, I, I think any educational program is always research based, right? You, you, you work hard and then you research and you evaluate. And, and what I expect would be that this phenomenal work that's being started and this research that's kicking us off, it will be the first of many mm. as we really grow and evolve the work in, in beginning to start earlier, show others how to challenge the status quo and truly begin to work together um, to end generational poverty. I love that. I love that. Well, let's, let's continue to work together to, uh, to end generational poverty. Thank you so much, Adam. If you'd like to check out the white paper mentioned in this episode, you can go to the following link. The entire link is in lowercase. bit.ly forward slash techbridge dash white paper. That's bit.ly forward slash techbridge dash white paper. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by TechBridge. To find out more about our work and how you can be a part, visit techbridge.org. That's techbridge.org. Also, make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening and tune in next week for more great content.